0: Internet. I'm your husband, host Travis McElroy, and I'm
1: your wife, host Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanner's. It's extraordinary etiquette for ordinary occasions. Hello, my dad. Hello, dear. I'm sorry that you are now feeling under the weather. Yes. It seems that we we traded colds.
0: We did. We did. Uh, I'm floating around in my head somewhere. Uh, but you know what matters? What? Content.
1: Content. Content. <laughs> you got to put the
0: content. No, you know we uh, we don't just make this show for fun. It is fun to make. But we know that there are people who are like honey trainers to feel, and so that's why <laughs> we put this out every week. Uh, happy uh, holidays to everybody! Um, the holiday season, in my mind, has officially begun. Now, finally, it, it
1: wasn't. It wasn't the holiday season. I, it doesn't start with Halloween.
0: No, that's its own private. I'm not going to lump that in. Oh, okay. No, the holiday season is more for me. Mm-hmm. That feeling. From Thanksgiving to uh, like January 2nd that you have during the day of just like, at least for me, it's this feeling of uh, everything is simultaneously incredibly hectic and uh, panicky, but also very fun. and Kind of nice. Everybody, (laughs) oh, it's great. We're all thinking about something else.
1: Well, we are a big Thanksgiving house around here, not because it's the celebration of Thanksgiving, but because Travis loves to cook. I do. Loves to host. We love to feed people.
0: I, I, it's funny because I was talking with Alice today and she was like, there's just so much stuff like on top of holiday. I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I don't care about all of that. It's that I get to, it's like a day where uh, people have to come eat all the food that you make. <laughs> and that's it for me, man. I would do it any day. Excuse for food. This is just a day where it's just like, Of course, what else are you going to do? So I like to make stuff. you
1: always over over make. You over buy. No,
0: but see, this is where you're wrong. Because on any other day, you would be correct. But this is why I like the idea of eating holidays. Uh, Which, you know, it's not a holiday, mind you, but like a Super Bowl party, right? Okay. Or something like that, where it's just like, you don't want to get there and be like, yeah, this is just enough stuff. Like, that's not how that works. That's just dinner, right? (laughs) A regular dinner is like just enough food. The idea of an eating holiday is like a feast. It's a feast day, right?
1: They are having what BB is calling, uh, what they have, they're calling at school, a Thanksgiving feast.
0: This is the thing, babe. And you know, uh, I rarely will put my foot down about you being (laughs) wrong about something. Because normally it's like, well, I feel very right in this, but my rightness is wrong. <laughs> where this is one where I love you, but you are wrong um, because I don't think you can make too much on Thanksgiving. Because, uh, like that, it's a feast day. Once again, if if someone said I'm throwing a feast and you rolled up and it was like, and here's your portion and here's your portion and that's it, you're like, mm, I don't think that was a feast. Right. Uh,
1: yes. Thank you. Yes, that is true. But I also will say I get I get about all of the the extras and the the anxiety but it the... also
0: doesn't go to waste okay here's the other thing I also will then continue to make different things out of those leftovers for that is true days afterwards also one more thing because it is a very privileged position to be talking about being able to make so much food in a land where it is what I you know a very successful country on the surface and yet there are plenty of people living here in the U.S. with food insecurity and people experiencing homelessness so we also do every year I dollar for dollar donate whatever I spend on ours to the food bank. Bank, yes. which I recommend everybody do and just give to food banks in general during this time and any shelters that exist during this time. So I also recognize Anything
1: that, that you can give yeah. during this time, especially, um, because there are so few resources around. Um, if you can't give dollar for dollar, a small donation is just fine. But, like, you know, it's important to also include the people who are food insecure Correct. in our holiday festivities.
0: So it's the day after Thanksgiving— we're just
1: to the side of Thanksgiving. Ah, ah. So, what are we talking about? We are talking about side dishes. Uh huh. Um. First, what are what are your favorite sides? You want to tell the people? Porridge, gruel, <laughs> or
0: crust of bread. <laughs> uh, I like a thin broth. Um,
1: no, for real. Okay.
0: My, what are my favorite? Ah, it's, so, I don't know that I would say favorites, but I will say it would not be Thanksgiving without this thing. Okay. Um, so, uh, I make my mom's version of sweet potato casserole mm-hmm. that,
1: which I think was included in the max fun book I believe at so. some point.
0: Um, and rather than being topped with like marshmallows and stuff, it's topped, uh, with, well, our version is macadamia nuts and stuff. Cause BB can't do, uh, walnuts and such. Uh, but, like, crushed macadamia nuts uh, and, uh, you know, like, brown sugar. It Candied straddles... Candied nuts. Yeah, but I don't want to make it sound too sweet because it's not really that So It straddles a line between, like, feeling like a dessert and feeling like a, a dinner side. Mm-hmm. So, like, but without that, it wouldn't feel like Thanksgiving to me. Okay. Um... Of course, mashed potatoes. Of course. Ob- yeah, obviously. Just picture things you can play without mashed potatoes. Or like a roll or some kind of bread. And it feels weird. I also have started doing like Brussels sprouts every year. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that really feels like one yeah. to me.
1: That's a very British holiday thing.
0: Oh, yeah? Yeah,
1: they love the Brussels sprouts. Um, and I think one of my favorite sides. Now, this is not actually a family tradition. Do you remember back when our family was just the two of us? Yes. And we used to do Friendsgiving.
0: giving? yeah.
1: Our friend Molly made this delicious uh sausage and sage dressing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it was so good. That was my favorite for years and years and years. Maybe I should get that recipe. But see, someday. the
0: reason I can't answer the question of what's my favorite is <clears throat> like one of the reasons I like hosting Thanksgiving is like all the answer is all, all of them,
1: them. <laughs> because I also
0: like I also have a hard time picturing Thanksgiving without like I got one of those like frozen shrimp trays from uh, you know, like from Kroger, that you can dip in that comes with the sauce, the sauce right there. And like, oh yeah, I do bacon wrapped smokies and stuff like that. It's like,
1: yeah, those are all the little extras that you you love for the holiday. It's um, all
0: man green bean casseroles in there. Yeah, um, and we'll
1: talk about that one. It's I've, all great. I would like to select a few gravy, um,
0: stuffing, dressing.
1: <laughs> oh, uh, I do not believe in stuffing.
0: Well, so this is a thing because there are people for whom the term is interchangeable. Right. And there are people for whom think of it as two very different things, right? Because I know that technically stuffing is what's cooked inside the bird and dressing is cooked on the side.
1: And the recipes are very similar, in fact. Right.
0: But I grew up just calling it stuffing, no matter what. And it was never cooked inside the bird. And I still don't think of it that way. But I still call it stuffing because Mm -hmm. when I think of dressing, because of salad dressing, I actually picture stuff like gravy more when I think of dressing because I think of like a liquid.
1: That's a you thing.
0: Hey, this is where I know that feeling right (laughs) is wrong. This is a great example of that.
1: Let's take the history of stuffing, which, like we said, stuffing is cooked inside the bird um, and then later on we'll do dressing. Um, The quote, First Thanksgiving, Uh, Probably took place in 1621. Um, But stuffing as we know it is not like a thing that goes that far back. Um, It didn't actually appear in American cookbooks until the late 18th century. Uh, So that's way after that, right? The first recipe for any kind of stuffing uh, shows up—I mean, traditional, uh, uh, quote, American uh, stuffing—shows up in Amelia Simmons' book, American Cookery in the late 1700s. Historically—
0: By the way, cookery, we need to bring 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 back— like the uri, you know ro- this is the rookery you know <laughs> and I, I we do cookery we don't n- use that rookery su- we don't use that you uh that suffix yes, yes we don't use that suffix enough
1: um the puritans uh, well, boo. Boo. They didn't even have bread based stuffing. They probably did not like even consider that. Be- they, I boo them from
0: every direction. Z-
1: zero fun. I have
0: yet to hear a thing about a Puritan and be like,
1: well, uh, we do agree on that point. <laughs> they probably filled the birds that they ate with um, herbs and nuts. Um, but the other thing that they probably would have put in there were oysters. Okay. Now there is oyster dressing or oyster stuffing. Um but that's a that's a pretty New England y thing yeah. still.
0: Well, for a large chunk of US history, when we talk about the US, we're basically talking about that, New that's England. That's true.
1: That's where the settlers, the colonizers lived. Uh right, so and, and those are the people who wrote the history books. Um and so it was it was a great way to stretch the fowl a little bit to, you know, make sure that everybody got a big portion of, quote, meat, right? Um, See, I assume that it was
0: uh, originated from, like, cooking with aromatics of just, like, well, it will help flavor the bird and you put the stuff inside of it and because— that is the thing with put like, you know, I have from time to time when roasting a chicken or roasting a turkey or whatever, put like a lemon in there and like, you know, sage and thyme and mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. Because if I put it on the outside, it's going to burn, right? right? But I put it in there and it's going to season it, especially, you know, roasting it for a long time. It's going to season it from the inside out.
1: Right. Um, But that is, that's something that came a lot later. Oh, Okay. Uh, the next thing is cranberry sauce is a big Not a deal fan. around two Thanksgivings. Two tart. Well, the indigenous people, especially in the New England area, um, long raised and ate berries, especially cranberries, um, and it was again Amelia Simmons' book, American Cookery, suggested that they be served with the turkey.
0: Now here's the thing about cranberries that I feel
1: mm-hmm. many
0: berries be it the blue the rasp
1: <laughs> the black they
0: feel like berries that desperately want to be eaten so that their seeds may be uh, you know distributed and fertilized okay the cranberry With its flavor. Feels very much like it would rather not be eaten or at best is ambivalent.
1: It feels kind of more like medicine.
0: Yes. Doesn't it? A cranberry does not seem like it desires to be eaten. A cranberry is like, well, if you're going to eat me, it's going to be rough on both of us. Yeah.
1: Uh, Amelia actually suggested that if you don't have cranberries available, you should use pickled mangoes. No. They don't sound even like, I mean, I guess pickled is like the tart part or sour part, but like... But Amelia,
0: what about the option of just not then?
1: Where are you going to get pickled mangoes in Colonial Williamsburg?
0: I don't know. Well, I bet it was easier to find pickled mangoes than fresh mangoes. Than fresh
1: mangoes, as far as the scale goes. Um, And so it has been a staple, um, but until more like about 100 years ago, you couldn't even buy them fresh unless you lived near like a cranberry bog
0: oh hence that one episode of boss burgers
1: exactly and
0: (laughs) he gets very excited very
1: excited that wasn't even a joke
0: just a reference you giggled thinking about boss burgers i know i know
1: uh and even then they were fresh cranberries were available for a very short period during the year um and that all changed with marcus l iran he was a lawyer um at that changed the cranberry like Industry forever. Wait, was he a
0: lawyer for cranberries? He argued to get him into every juice on the market?
1: He founded Ocean Spray.
0: Ah, so yes. Yeah. And not as direct as I pictured, <laughs> but yes, he forced everybody to drink cranberries, whether That's they like right. it or not. Whether they
1: like it or not. And here's the thing. I mean, if you want to sell cranberries, you have to figure out a way to, like, enhance or change the product enough because so that people will eat it (laughs) people can eat it year round especially right so a lot of cranberries that come out of the bog especially when they're harvested by machine are not perfect beautiful berries right a lot of them end up crushed or mangled or gashed or or whatever it is they're not perfectly beautiful berries and And how many of us are canning oh yeah Canning or jellying these berries made it so much easier to distribute them widely and keep them year round. Um, and so he was the one who thought of the jellied log, right? Um, and you know, I mean, obviously this was not at the quote first Thanksgiving. It probably it wasn't even at the Thanksgiving that Abraham Lincoln sanctioned, right? Um, it didn't come along until 1941. But everybody really, really seemed to love it because five million gallons of it are enjoyed each holiday season.
0: Not for me. If it Not is for four you. years, so be it. <laughs> but you know it is for us? What? Taking a break for a word from some other Max Fun shows. Manolo, guess what? Manolo, guess what?
1: What, what, what?
0: Dr- Game Show has made it to 100 episodes on Maximum Fun!
1: Oh, that's true. I knew that.
0: Well, to celebrate, we are releasing our entire Earwolf archives to Max Fun members. That's anyone who gives $5 or more monthly to support podcasts like Dr. Game Show.
1: That's 63 episodes with in-studio comedian guests like Jason Manzucas, Bowen Yang and Matt Rogers, Joe Parra, Todd Berry and Janine Garofalo, Connor O'Malley, Chris Gethard and more.
0: Plus three bonus episodes that include two pilot episodes
1: Wow, two pilots must be good. Find the feed at MaximumFun.org slash Boco, B-O-C-O. Stands for bonus content. Mm-hmm. Presenting
0: the new MaxFunStore.com. We've got shirts for your torso, hats for your head, drinkware for your finest beverages, and so much more. Starring your favorite MaxFun shows with new and classic designs. Find the perfect gift for the podcast fan in your life. Heck, that could be you. We're not judging. Head to maxfunstore.com now. That's maxfunstore.com. And next we'll talk about another great Thanksgiving side potato chips. Teresa, go no. on. No.
1: Pumpkin pie.
0: I, now, listen, babe. I don't know if I count that as a side. That's a dessert.
1: Well, That's it is d- now. It didn't start that way. Go on. So. I am in,
0: you have me hooked, now reel me in.
1: We think of pumpkin pie as kind of like a creamy, custardy, spiced version, right? Yes. Of like a tart. But it didn't start that way. Um, In the, you know, the mid-17th, late 16th century, it was more like we would think of a meat pie, Right. Where, you know, you think about how it's like a thick pastry casing. It's the actual like slices of the gourd of the pumpkin and probably also with like, you know, apple or pear or some other kind of thing and cooked inside a pastry case that you probably didn't eat. So it was more like roasted squash than it was the pumpkin pie we think of.
0: Interesting. That explains quite a bit. Yeah. To me. Uh, because on if if today, right? You were like, here's a list of things we had, assuming pumpkin pie didn't exist, and you say, here's a list of things we don't normally make pie out of. Which one would you pick? A pumpkin would not be my like first ten options. Yeah, because it's like it's not inherently sweet. Mm-hmm. It like there's not a ton, like you have to process it first. To even be able to work with it, yeah. right? So it's not like strawberries or blueberries or raspberries, where it's just like, yeah, dump them in fresh. It's like, no. In order to be able to do anything with it, first we have to like make it into a paste, basically.
1: Yeah. So this was more like roasted squash, mm-hmm. um, like you would any other like summer squash or zucchini or or gourds or or things like that, right? Um, I think I'd
0: rather make a cucumber pie. Really? I think you could do like a cucumber and mint pie. Uh, that would be delicious. Throw, make do some jelly gin in there
1: oh boy um okay you know what i'm
0: saying though it would be delicious you wouldn't like it because you don't like cucumber but i'm saying i've said it out loud now i'm basically making a like uh what do i think yeah it's like a uh uh not a mimosa what's the one a mojito like a mojito mm, pie a
1: mint and cute mint is, mojitos are mint no i said like
0: cucumber mint and gin but make it into a pie. Anyways, I'm anyway. going to work on it.
1: Um, you mentioned sweet potato casserole. Now, your sweet potato casserole does not have the thing that really made sweet potato casserole a side.
0: Because I would argue what you're talking about is sweet potato pie. Okay. Where that had the marshmallows on top, Right.
1: Yes. And that's really what it was made to do. Right. So um, sweet potatoes have been a savory side dish, kind of just like roasted. Right. Because you can roast sweet potatoes or bake sweet potatoes the same way you bake regular like white potatoes potatoes right um and you can mash them and people like to add like butter and herbs and even the um you know the brown sugar right yes. to sweeten it up basically
0: um, i've made like mashed sweet potatoes before i just swap out instead of salt use sugar and it's like a sweeter thing yeah, yeah
1: kind of um and so that wasn't really what sweet potato casserole was until about the mid eighteen hundreds. It was about that time that candied sweet potatoes. Okay. So that's the process of, of boiling in sugar, right? Candying, um, became popular. And then it wasn't until the beginning of the twentieth century that the marshmallow was introduced to the the hot dish kind of accompaniment
0: now here's the thing that i will say they've missed a mark oh really because if you're gonna trick kids into eating (laughs) something by adding marshmallows it should have been like green beans or broccoli or something like that right because like the sweet i know listen i know the face you're making but i'm not talking about for us right i'm talking about for kids because sweet potatoes are already sweet already delicious i already could do just a big kind of goop on their plate and they'll eat and then you added marshmallows to see. Now, I'll tell you one of my favorite sides, simple and easy, folks. Uh, basically, caramelize some brown sugar and butter and carrots. Just throw baby carrots oh, in a Oh, yeah. Pot, so good. Melt butter on top of it. Add some brown sugar in there.
1: You can even do it in a slow cooker.
0: Oh, yeah. It's it's your dad's like favorite thing I yeah, make. Yeah, he loves that. And it's the simplest thing I make, too. It's just brown sugar and butter you and carrots.
1: You don't even measure. you just it Yeah, just, in I there. just follow my heart.
0: <laughs> Listen, I was raised by a Southern woman. And she was raised by this other woman, and I cook with my heart, by which I mean butter. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, next is green bean casserole, which you mentioned earlier, right? Um, green beans, again, uh, something very typically farmed in the United States from from way, way back. Um, and... What happened was during the 1950s, hot holiday dishes were very popular mm-hmm. after World War II. This was considered very celebratory, right?
0: Yeah. Well, because it's that idea of like having hot food, right? Exactly. Instead of like MREs, which are meals ready to eat or something where it's just like a tin that you pull open and eat. And so now you're home from the war and, and it's home cooking, right? right?
1: And it felt very decadent because it was served piping hot and it was creamy and um, And basically, Rockwellian.
0: That was the, because we talked about Rockwell, of that, uh, you know, the image of holding the Thanksgiving turkey and like the Mm -hmm. steam and the
1: tray. Yeah, yeah,
0: that idea. Also, it smells better when stuff smells better when it's warm. Food smells more when it's warm. Uh, So, in
1: 1955, um, a home economic staff member at the Campbell Soup Company, Dorcas Riley, um, made this recipe, and it takes just 25 minutes. It is canned onions. Well, canned dried onions, Mm -hmm. uh, canned green beans, and Campbell's condensed cream of mushroom soup. That's it. Um, That is the recipe. And I have come across several, like, quote, imitation or healthy option or whatever it is. They never taste exactly the same. Um, You don't like it. A lot of people don't like it. I do like a a few bitefuls but i can't eat more than that because it is i don't i don't know what it is about it it's kind of
0: dense yeah yeah, yeah. it is dense that's that's what's off putting to me like most of the stuff i and you know i just said i like mashed potatoes and i like uh sweet potato stuff but like it, that's not dense to me if you make that stuff right it's like fluffy and light even mm-hmm. though it's ri- anyways. I, the thing about um, green bean casserole to me, the version you described, is it is too dominating. Like to, I don't know. Yeah, it's it doesn't. Also, it just for some reason, looking at it <laughs> visually, it doesn't vibe with me. Also, can I just say because you brought it up? Unless you're talking about like allergies or intolerance stuff, anybody who talks about like eating on like Thanksgiving and holidays and eating in general about like healthy foods and not healthy foods is such like, that's not how it works, right? BB will watch videos and we have to sometimes like stop the video and be like, hey, that's not true. Where it's just like, oh, let's talk about the healthy foods like apples and lettuce. And let's talk about the not healthy foods like potato chips and cookies. And it's like, no, no, no. It's just some foods you can eat more of and some foods you have to eat less of but they're not healthy or unhealthy. Like,
1: yeah, food is amoral. It doesn't have good or bad exactly, attributes.
0: Exactly.
1: Food is food is fuel, and you have to fuel your body in a way that will make it run. That's what I mean, you anyone have to who
0: do. gives you a hard time about eating too much, uh, especially on a feast day, uh, they. Can't Get on out of here. You know what I mean? I don't need them at my Thanksgiving party. Get Hey, the Macy's <laughs> Day Parade is passing by. Why don't you get on one of those floats and get out of here.
1: All right. Well, people loved the, uh, the green bean casserole that I just described so much that in 2002, the original recipe, the handwritten recipe card was donated to the National Inventors Hall of Fame, along with things like ibuprofen and the invention of the automobile and all that stuff. (laughs)
0: That's a pretty big comparison. Listen, even just those three examples, like (laughs) green bean casserole, even if you love it, there's no way. I'm just saying it's all included. Okay. But hopefully in a different wing, right? Then it's not like those three things on a line of like, and here we see the greatest adventures of all time, the ibuprofen, the automobile, green bean casserole. Hopefully they're in different sections. Is all okay, that's
1: all you are saying. Um, so now that I've gone through some of the, you know, the heavy hitters, I'd like to talk a little bit about some uh, submissions to a Twitter thread. Twitter user Maya Koskoff was the one who started a Twitter thread about her family's esoteric Thanksgiving dishes. Okay, right here is one uh, from uh, November 23, 2019. Seafoam Salad. It is an original, like, 50s recipe. Uh, So it's got lime jello.
0: Okay. See, right off the bat, I was like, this sounds like Ambrosia. A little bit. uh, A little
1: bit. It's got pears. It's got cream cheese. Um, It's got Cool Whip. Mm -hmm. Um, And you put the pears in the blender until it's like applesauce. Uh And you mix in the creamy and the jello and it is is something. It's I'm, something.
0: I'm not, not going to lie. As soon as I heard that, my mouth started water, right? Really? Yeah. So the, like I said, Southern, in me, hmm. was like, yeah, all day long. Are you kidding me? That sounds refreshing. It sounds creamy. It sounds delicious. I love that.
1: I don't know if that's something that I would enjoy on my Thanksgiving plate. No,
0: I wouldn't have it at Thanksgiving. It is,
1: and it is served as a side, not as a dessert. I
0: would have that at a picnic uh, on okay, 4th of sure. July all day long. All day long.
1: Um, the next one on this thread is a corn spoon bread.
0: Okay. I know it's, well, I know spoon bread, but I often just interchange spoon bread and cornbread.
1: Okay, sure. Uh, this one includes a can of corn, can of cream corn, stick of butter, sour cream, cornbread mix uh-huh. that you bake together for an hour. Um, and, I mean, it sounds pretty good. Yeah,
0: what's not to like.
1: Um I mean, I feel like this is the kind of thing that I would see at like a cracker barrel, right? Like sure. served in its own little like Skillet, like cast iron skillet. Yeah, well,
0: they at the at the Eagle downtown here in Cincinnati. They do spoon bread. Oh, okay. Well, not with, uh, I don't think it has all the extra corn and stuff in it, but
1: yeah, but it is like a cornbread. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I just don't think that it has the kind of. Um, it might have too much other stuff in it to actually like cut the cornbread squares or whatever. Yeah. So one eats it with a spoon.
0: Yeah, or you spoon it out, I guess. Or spoon yeah, it out of the, the dish. Yeah. yeah. Um, just here's a little secret, another great way, as long as we're talking about like sneaking vegetables in, chop up some steamed uh broccoli, bake it into your cornbread. Mm. It's delicious. Kids will eat it.
1: Our kids eat broccoli without being I mean,
0: I'm sure. I'm saying if you need to sneak it out. Not,
1: I not also, with your little angels. With I that. also don't believe in sneaking foods in. It doesn't count as exposing them to food if you sneak it what in. If, what
0: if I'm talking to the person who needs to sneak it in for themselves? Okay. What if someone's like, about. I can't eat broccoli, but I have to. <laughs>
1: okay. All right. Um, here's one. Uh, frog eye salad.
0: Okay, this one's a complete mystery. It's a mystery.
1: Me. It is a... Wait, can I guess? Okay, okay.
0: I'm going to say it includes like some kind of bean like a, a like a black eye pea or a garbanzo bean or something like that.
1: Interesting. No. Okay. Uh, it is made with very small pasta pieces, a, a chini di pepe pasta. Right. Okay. Tiny little circles that ha- are uh, usually kind of like jaggedy around the outside, maybe like star ish shaped right um with like mandarin oranges and pineapples uh topped with marshmallows or whipped topping sometimes egg yolks are included in the recipe it's another one of those like jello-y salads okay uh, it's that not something i'm used for to for me
0: but okay
1: yeah interesting there are a lot of those like salads in the Midwest that aren't salad, like, you know, salad-like with, like... See, that
0: feels like more of a Southern thing to me. Really? Well, when you're talking about adding Jello to it, Mm -hmm. I don't know why that strikes me as Southern, but, like, Midwest and North seems more like, we added a bunch of mayonnaise to it. (laughs) (laughs) Which I say without judgment, just fact.
1: Just fact. Um, Here's one. Uh, Tomato soup cake. Huh. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so here's here's the recipe from, I believe, 1955. Butter, sugar, flour, spices of uh, cinnamon, clove, and nutmeg, and then soup. That's, Tomato soup.
0: That sounds up my alley. And
1: then one frosted with chocolate frosting. Ooh!
0: Okay, yeah, that sounds good.
1: So it seems kind of almost like a spice cake, right? Yeah. And I'm not exactly like sure.
0: Almost. I'm
1: not exactly sure what tomato brings to the party.
0: Well, that's why I think because I was thinking I love fresh tomato, or oh, sometimes eat them like an apple. And I was like, well, why not just use fresh? But tomatoes and tomato soup. Tomato soup has a lot more like you know flavors and salt and stuff to it. Yeah. Where uh, to- listen, don't be wrong. You can make a tomato cake and it's great. Uh, you make tomato cornbread and it's great. But I think that with the tomato soup. It's bringing stuff because it's got the spices right there in it. Or flavors. I I wouldn't say spices. Flavors. Well,
1: I mean, yeah. Uh, I'm more like my tomato soup kind of uh, of savory, right? And I guess that some of those spices are savory. I mean, I guess clove and nutmeg. But that's what I'm saying is
0: I think that this is a taking and turning where you're turning it into a like you know, if you have a spice cake, right? Where it's just like, yeah, the overriding factor or uh, the factor that wins out is sweet, but it's like fifty-one percent, forty-nine percent. You hmm. know what I mean?
1: I love, I love to like rip up my grilled cheese and dip it. We're down not into talking soup about replacing
0: like, tomato I'm, soup forever. I know, I know. I this know. isn't a cake or pie question, babe. This is just saying here's a different <laughs> way to do it.
1: Here is one that uh, I am including because Alex is emphatic okay. about this. Poison. She, <laughs> she wanted to tell everyone about. White Castle stuffing. Okay. Now, okay. We we've talked about like the culinary difference between stuffing and dressing. It is actually a dressing that she's talking about, um, and what it is. My it is, hesitance,
0: by the way, is like White Castle. I think it's a Cincinnati-based, yeah, uh, fast food place. Uh,
1: I mean, mm, maybe for Dayton. It's not Cincinnati, but it's I don't like think.
0: local. I mean, it's Ohio local, or it's it's it's
1: it is. Uh, Ohio and I think also Michigan. Now you're going to have to do a Google. Um, But anyway, so what she says is if you take a regular dressing, right, it's usually like chicken broth and celery and salt and pepper and, you know, other add-ins next to bread, right, pieces of bread. So basically what she says she likes to do is take the sliders, about 10, she says, and uh, take out the pickles, she says. Obviously, I kind of like pickles, so yeah, what, I mean, yeah. if it were me, I might keep them in, and then rip them up and use that as the bread base, right? Uh, um,
0: apparently, by the way, White Castle was originally founded in Wichita,
1: Kansas. Oh, um, so it's a lot further west than we thought.
0: And it's in uh, greatest presence in the Midwest and New York metropolitan area, which I wouldn't have expected. Great. Um, oh, but its headquarters is in Columbus, Ohio. Okay. Okay. All right. All over the place.
1: Um, and so she says that it makes the best stuffing, and you know it makes a lot of sense to me because the bread is very white and fluffy, mm-hmm. right? And also, uh, I believe White Castle in their um the 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 meat part of the slider isn't it cooked with onions? I yeah. think it's got onions mixed in. That's great for for dressing. Um, And, you know, she says it's her favorite and everybody, everybody loves it. I'm excited to try it.
0: I mean, not this year because I wasn't planning on it.
1: No, you aren't going to make it, but maybe I'll ask Alex to bring in some.
0: Okay. Um, So that's going to do it for us. But the last thing I want to say is if you're, if whatever, just like with Friendsgiving, if you regularly eat, a side dish on Thanksgiving. Guess what? It's a Thanksgiving it's side dish. It's a
1: Thanksgiving dish. side now. Uh,
0: that's going to do it for us. So uh, let's see. Uh, go check out all the great merch at McRoy Merch. Um, we want to say thank you to Alex, our researcher, without whom we wouldn't be able to make this show. We want to say thank you to Rachel, our editor, without whom we wouldn't be able to make this show. We want to say thank you to you for listening. We could make the show without you, but why? Why? Um, Let's see what else. Uh, My brain is absolutely swimming.
1: Well, let me do my bit. We always thank Brent Black for writing our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are found. Thank you to Kayla M. Wessel for our Twitter thumbnail art. Thank you to Bruja Betty Pinup Photography for the cover picture of our fan-run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. If you love to give and get excellent advice from other fans, go ahead and join that group today. Um, As always, if you have topics that you'd love to see us cover, if you have idioms that you would like to submit, please email us, schmannerscast at gmail.com and make sure you say hi to Alex because she reads everyone.
0: Um, we are doing candle nights virtually again this year. Uh, so make sure you come check that out. It's going to be December 17th at 9 p.m. Eastern time. You can get your tickets at bit.ly slash 2022 Nights 2022. We're going to have lots of great guests and segments and all that stuff. And all the proceeds go to help Harmony House, uh, which is a shelter in our hometown of Huntington, West Virginia, helping people who are experiencing homelessness. You know, get those tickets now. Join us again next week.
1: No RSVP required.
0: You've been listening
1: to Schmanners. Schmanners. Manners get it. Maximum Fun. org, Comedy and Culture, artist owned, audience supported.